Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we explore X and Y films in Categorized. And then we put the Bill and Ted's trilogy to rest. It's time for Categorized. All right, guys, we are in Categorized. This is that one where we pick a category and we tell you five of our favorites, but... Today we're doing X and Y, and the reason we're doing both X and Y is because, I mean, how many X movies have you really seen? Three. Three. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do three, too. I feel like the audience knows where I'm going with mine. Ivana, <laughs> what are your three? Why don't you just shout them out to the world, pick your one, and then we'll move on to Y. <laughs> uh, my three are X-Files, X-Men, and X-Men Days of Future Past. I have seen other X-Men, but I can't remember them, so I couldn't really distinguish. And which one are you picking? Uh, Days of Future Past. All right, I got uh, X-Men First Class, X2, and uh, X-Men Days of Future Past as well, but I'm going to go with First Class. I I like the, the hunting Nazis bit in that and really getting to know Magneto and kind of like a flirtatious Professor X kind of dig that one quite a bit. So that's the one I'm going with. But I'm so proud of you for picking Days of Future Past because I feel like people like kind of shit on that movie. I liked it. Yeah, I, I don't too. know. I, I really I saw it at first, the first time on a plane and I was like, oh, this is not as bad as I expected. And then I watched it on my computer. So and slightly. it's the only one where you see the whole cast together. Like, when does that happen? It's yeah. really, really neat. It is. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> By two minutes into this podcast, there's your X movies. Uh, but let's get into why. Why is a, a little bit bigger, but it's still pretty small in the in the big scheme of things. Correct. But I, I, I mean, do... I have like, I have five ready to go. But I wouldn't say that like my five are the creme de la creme you know like of the five maybe like three or four are like good good well why don't you start with one of your good goods young frankenstein i told you i was gonna watch young frankenstein i didn't watch young frankenstein uh it's on it's literally on my recommendations list and under it it's like ivana recommends so (laughs) as soon as i get to it i'll say it why is it in your top five I think the director is brilliant. Blazing Saddles is my favorite of his movies, but Young Frankenstein is also freaking amazing. Also, like, uh, is it Jeffrey Wilder? What's his first name again? Gene. Gene. Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder is so, so good. Honestly, I love almost everything he's in. He has this, like, charisma. And... And it's satirical, and it's artistic, and it's funny, and it's also highbrow. It's a fantastic, fantastic movie. You've got to check it out. And it's, uh, okay, where does it like rank with Spaceballs and Blazing Saddles and the other Mel, G- Mel Brooks, I almost went Gibson, Mel Brooks films? For me, Blazing Saddles is like the number one top Oh, man, this is so hard because Robin Hood Men in Tights is also so good. Oh, it's up. It's up there. Like when you think of Young Frankenstein, you're like, yes, it's one of my favorites. But I don't know the favorite. I'm not sure. I'm going to need to get back to you on that one. Okay, but like I love Blazing Saddles. So that's actually a really good piece of recommendation information that like not not that level, but it might be that level. That's that's a pretty good recommendation because Blazing Saddles is is so great. It's I mean, superb. like I'm just it thinking superb. about it now. <laughs> oh, like and and uh, the fact that he did that in the '70s, you know, like oh god, coming like, it was off so good. of it, it was just the fact it was right off, right off of the civil rights movement. I know. And he just got something like he, <laughs> he captured did. something, this wittiness uh, and the lead, the guy who played the lead. He's so, so charming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, my first why movie, I'm going to go with E2 Mama Tambien. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, I know I should. It's uh, that means and your mama, too. And this is a uh, I believe it's from Mexico and it is a film that. 
follows two really bored guys uh, over the course of one summer. And they're a little bit horny. They're a little bit excited. And they go on a road trip and they run into this woman. And this woman goes on all these. Uh, she's she's looking for like this one thing. And they kind of tag along with her while she's going after this one thing. And they both kind of fall in love with her. And But it's just a really wonderful film. It's weird at times. There's literally a scene. I know when I say this, uh, some people are going to cringe, but not Ivana. Ivana is going to go like, oh, now I got to see this movie. Literally, they're just so bored that they are both by the pool, laying on their backs, whacking off. Like, <laughs> it's just this really bizarre scene. But that is honestly, so funny. And yes, so funny. I, I'm very curious about that. <laughs> anyway. Um, I saw it a while ago. I haven't, it's not like a film I go back to a lot. I would definitely watch it again, but it's, uh, it's a great why movie. If you've, uh, if you haven't seen it already, it is one of the, the great favorites of like film Twitter. So get on it. All right. My next one is, uh, less good than my first. And that is yes, man. <sighs> okay. Um, I don't like yes, man. I don't know why I don't like it. Jim Carrey is awfully charming. <laughs> He's charming. I don't know why I like don't like this movie. Uh, why do you? Really, it's just that Jim Carrey is charming. This is like peak Jim Carrey, but when he's starting to phone it in. But yes, man, he just still skates by through his charm. And I thought it was the fifth best why movie that I've seen. Well, I think... Uh, there's a scene where he's basically like, where do you want to go? And they're in an airport and they go. And then she realizes like he is totally just placating everything. Maybe I was too young to really like get how big a deal that is when you're in a relationship and somebody just is like, sure. Yeah. And has no other thing to them than they're saying yes and how can you have a relationship with that person? Um, I don't know. Maybe that was the the scene that I was like, oh, this is not Jim Carrey at his finest for me. Um, but now that I think of that scene, I've kind of now I'm interested in going back and watching that movie because there may be hidden depths to that film. Yeah, like now I'm kind of wanting to see the movie because, again, I, like you, I would have seen it when I was young. So like. You don't always get a lot of what's going on in movies when you watch them when you're young. No, you're absolutely right. And that's what I, I, I kind of love about revisiting old films. Like before we started tonight, I was watching a movie that I saw in theaters and I thought was like, oh, this is so good. Uh, and it was a film with Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson called Rules of Engagement. And I saw it was on Prime and I was like, I remember loving that movie in theaters. And I'm like an hour and a half into it. And I'm like, this is hot trash. I don't know why I ever would have liked this movie. But we're not talking about that. Let's move on to my next why movie. And I'm going to talk about a little film called Yojimbo, which is a film from the 60s. It's a black and white samurai Japanese film. And this is the film that inspired Clint Eastwood's cowboy character in The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. It's actually... What made a fistful of dollars, which is the the first in that cowboy trilogy that ends with the good, the bad, and the ugly. But Yojimbo is a samurai movie, and man, he walks into this town like he owns it, cuts down some people, gets these two rival gangs to be like trying to bid for his sword in their gang fights. And he totally takes him for a ride. It is awesome. Um, I saw it in Pandemic for the first time. Instantly, I was like, this is a great film. Um, and then I tried to watch A Fistful of Dollars. And it's nowhere near as good. So I stand by Yojimbo. Awesome. That sounds very cool. All right. Well, I have a pretty cool next one as well. It's uh, an anime film from 2016 called Your Name. I, I literally wrote need to see your name. I, I like, I'm pretty sure I own this movie. It's about two people who like share dreams. Yeah. They're like, 
complete strangers, but they're like connected to each other through this like plane of existence and they're soulmates, but they're like living. I can't, you know what? I really don't know if I should talk about it because it's hard. The movie is really beautiful and poetic and it's kind of dreamlike all the way through. And it's, you know, sometimes you see these things and it's very, very Japanese in the culture and it's very beautiful. And, um, you have to kind of just let it wash over you. And then there are twists and turns and like realizations, but it's hard for me to remember when they revealed certain bits of information. So I feel like it's better not to talk about it because you should probably go in not knowing too much. I, I just want, if you're listening and you're like, Oh, what is this movie? It's a really well-reviewed film called Your Name. Like, on on top of animated, uh, you know, Japanese animated films, like, in the top ten, always, as one of the must-sees. So, I, I feel bad I haven't seen it. I'm so glad you saw it. Because I literally wrote a little note to say at the end, oh, I need to see this movie. <laughs> well, now maybe you're going to have to. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's talk about a movie that I think we both seen. And that's a little movie starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan called you've got mail. That's on my list. I knew it would be because there's not a lot of why movies. There's not a lot of why movies and, and it's charming, you know, Tom Hanks and, um, Meg Ryan. No, Meg Ryan. Yes. Meg Ryan. Um, they team up again and, uh, it's very, it's like so rooted to that time in history because, you know, AOL only really existed for like, what, three years? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very long at all. No. And they really, they made a whole movie based on the one, the one thing in the zeitgeist at the time, which was, you've got mail. And kids today will not know what that is. No, but I think maybe that might make it a cool relic. Like, you know, it's like an so. entire phone di- an entire movie dedicated to something as strange and obsolete as like a rotary phone. (laughs) And for me out of the two, like I do like you've got mail more than sleepless in Seattle. Personally, I've actually never seen sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle kind of paints Meg Ryan as kind of a crazy person where I feel like this is, it's based on the shop around the corner, which is a, you know, it's kind of, comes out at Christmas time as a Christmas movie um, starring uh, Jimmy Stewart. And it's a, it's a story about two rivals in the same industry who are, they don't really get along very well, but they're doing correspondence to someone each. And it turns out it's them. And that's, what's kind of going on. And you've got mail is that you have this big business tycoon and he works at, at like a sort of like a Barnes and Noble, the biggest bookstore ever that's coming in to crush this little bookstore run by Meg Ryan. And they run into each other and they don't really like each other. And she thinks he's a jerk and he's a suave business guy who's going to knock her out of business. And that's too bad. But, uh, but they're emailing and they've been emailing a long time. And the thing that catches me with this every time is, they are emailing each other while both in relationships. And they're, it's under the guise of She was of in just, a relationship? I kind of vaguely remember him being in one, but I didn't realize. He is with Parker Posey, and she is with Greg Kinnear. So they're like having an emotional affair. That's kind it of exciting. It is an emotional affair, yes. Because what they're not talking about like sexy stuff. They're not talking about that kind of stuff. They are literally talking just as pen pals, but they have completely warped their reality around like, I really know this person. And it sometimes happens that way with couples, right? Like sometimes I'm not saying that happened to me or you or anybody else, but sometimes you are so close to someone physically. You don't always talk. You don't always like reminisce about your day and and your feelings but your close friends uh, you do. And this is sort of what happens. And because they are friends, they grow and, but they don't know each other because it's the early days of the internet where like people didn't do Tinder. 
It oh, was yeah, weird. It was, it, it was email pen pals. How did they get each other's emails? They met in a chat room and shared each other's emails. Oh, my gosh. I remember chat rooms. <laughs> and this is the thing, guys. Like, it, it was weird to say back in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. Hey, we met online. Do you want to go out and meet? Like, it was weird for these two people to go like, oh, he wants to meet? Is that even like, what if he's crazy? Uh, meanwhile, now you flip an app. You're like, we're in proximity. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's very, very interesting film. It's definitely of the age, but, uh, the other part I really like about you've got mail and we won't spend too much more time on this movie is how well it depicts New York in all of its seasons. Oh, I honestly don't remember the movie clearly as nearly as well oh, as I, you do. I, I go back to this movie quite a bit. What I am saying <laughs> is that like it has a great fall. It's got a winter with Christmas and then a spring. And it all is romanticizing New York City at that time, which is, you know, after it's been cleaned up with the 80s where there was crime. And now it's now it's a lovely place to be. And, uh, you know, and, and New York's to me greatly resembles like late nights in Toronto and going me from like too. bar to bar. I, yeah. I don't, I don't think we're that. Di- I mean, I know we're different in size, but when I was in New York, somebody told me before I, I felt left, at home. I did too. When I, when I went to New York, somebody told me like, you are going to be blown away by the hustle and bustle. I was not because I live in Toronto with the hustle and bustle. So, right. so when I got there, me and I, I went with our mutual friend, Mark, we both were like, this feels pretty everyday normal for, you know, rush hour in Toronto. Uh, and, and it was, it, it, we never felt like it was overly complicated a city to navigate. We, uh, we definitely loved being able to run around at night and jump to restaurant to restaurant. And, uh, the only thing that sucks about New York that is amazing about Toronto is it is so easy to hail a cab in Toronto. I could not figure out why we couldn't hail a cab in New York for so long. Like it took us 20 minutes on our first night there. I've never had a problem hailing a cab in New York, but most of the time when I've been in New York, I have, I'm like visiting friends who live in New York. So I don't know, maybe it's just because they're so like, maybe they know, like they know the street to go to. to There's like a secret, like nod or something. Like I'm Yeah, We were like, because you have to understand if you've never been to Toronto, if you're in the downtown core and you put out your hand, you're good. Like it will be there (laughs) way faster than New York city. In my experience. Especially now with Uber, it's like even more. Oh, way, way more. And I wonder how Uber works in New York, but let's move on to, so you've got mail is on both our lists. Uh, So why don't I throw your next into the ring? I'm glad it made it on on your list. I couldn't remember the movie, so I, I couldn't put it on my list. Your next is a slasher film about a, a family reunion where one, uh, you think it's one killer, but it turns out to be multiple killers invade this house and start knocking people off. And the greatest part of this film is that one of the guests who has been invited, she has a, she has a weird history that no one knew or could have expected. And shit gets real, real quick. And it's great. I, I, I've watched this movie maybe four times. I'm rooting for the good guy all the time. She is. It's You know what it reminds me of is Ready or Not. Oh, nice. And Ready or Not, I, I mean, I don't know if you've seen my new top 100. I haven't checked it out yet. Made it into the top 100. It's I've such that a movie fun, so fun times. movie. Asamar Wiley. I mean, we'll talk about her in a bit. Yes. Anyway. Uh, yes. Okay, so your next is on my list. Give me another why. You're going to hate it. You're going to get so mad. Oh, We saw it together. I'm already pissed. Yesterday. Yeah, I know. Well, hey, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Uh, One, this is the last night we kind of spent in Toronto together before you had to go back to 
Pittsburgh and then the world shut down. So this yeah. was like literally <laughs> the last time we were, it was like 1130 at night. We're like, let's go see a movie. That's totally what drinks, it was. And, <laughs> and then you ended up not liking the movie at all. I, I fell asleep. <laughs> Okay, but it was really late. To be fair, we went to an 11 p.m. movie. I should be able to stay up past midnight, but apparently not. Anyways, we went out after and we stayed up a lot longer because I was very refreshed after watching yesterday. <laughs> yeah. um, the music in yesterday is amazing. The music is amazing. I like the lead. I think he's really just like, like I, I don't know. I like him. I just think he's a good guy. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but that's the vibes I get. And so I'm rooting for him all during the movie. The premise is great. Yeah, it's a great premise. At the end, it just like crumbles in like and and like implodes on itself. But you know, up until then, it's the love story. Yeah, the love story doesn't make sense really to Yeah. Uh it was definitely one of my most looking forward to films going into it. I was so excited. And then like yeah, I, I, my dad, too. He felt the same way. So uh, we both were like, nah. <laughs> yeah. but I knew it would, I knew it was going to be on yours because I remember how giddy it made you. So I like uh, the music so much. <laughs> all right. My last on my list is a film called if if you have kids in the car, I'm going to swear. So just so you know, but this is an explicit episode anyway. It's called Young People Fucking. And oh, my God, I. It wasn't on the Roger Ebert list. That would have been on my list. Ah, this can I, is. Can I switch? You yeah, know, throw it on your list. Like, yeah, go fuck, ahead. I'm going to drop Yes Man. And I want young people fucking also on my list. This is an amazing independent Canadian comedy. So funny. I think I've watched this movie six times. It is about a number of different couples together over the course of an evening and, and they're all it fucking. is about sex, although it's every not single like, one of them. It's not raunchy or anything like that, like that, like the title would give it. It's more hilarious how each couple is deal. Like there's a couple that are two best friends who are going to have sex for the first time. There's a player who took the hot girl from the restaurant he works at home with him. Uh, there is a married couple who are trying something new and kinky for the first time. And there are like uh, two exes who are trying to be friends and having dinner. And they, like it's it's kind of vignette in that way. It is. But they are and they all blend together really nicely, like thematically all throughout. I Except agree. the two friends having sex. I didn't like that one that much that for me, that's the only one I have issues with. And that's the one that sort of ties the whole story together <laughs> <laughs> because it has a big ending where, you know, Oh, maybe we're meant to be or whatever the hell. Yeah. Maybe uh, that's what I hate about it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't need that. Like you it, don't need, it's such a perfect film. It's really, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And I think that if you are looking for one of those films that made you nostalgic for your twenties, when you were single in the city, that is that kind of film. All right. Do you have any others left? I think I've gone through all mine. I've gone through all mine. We got to pick. Can I pick? Please, because I don't know what I'm doing yet. Okay, I still haven't fully picked, but I'm going to say it's definitely between Young Frankenstein and Your Name. And I, like, Your Name is a more beautiful film, but I love Mel Brooks and Young Frankenstein more. And, like, I don't know if I could really rewatch Your Name, but I absolutely want to rewatch young Frankenstein. Okay. So that is young yes. Frankenstein, young Frank. That is excellent. Um, the best one on here on my list, in my opinion is yo Jimbo. However, I only recently saw it and I don't know if it'll fall in into my favorite category over the years. E to mama tembien. I'd like to see it again, but if I don't, I still have fond memories. Again, that is probably better than the other three choices. With that said, I'm going to pick You've Got Mail because for whatever reason, I go back to that movie way too often. It's Nora Ephron. It hits me in my romantic comedy section. Go with that for my favorite Y movie. Amazing. Thank you. 
I don't know about you, Jay, but I am finding it extra stressful and like, I don't know, intense lately since the time change and how dark it is all the time. Always dark. It's always like I I got a lot of anxiety about what's going on in the world. I know I keep bringing that up, but. Well, yeah, because the numbers. Okay. (laughs) Dude, this week, this week, two people I know. They got it. They got COVID. Oh, so sorry. That's so stressful. It adds a layer of stress on you. Like, how are they doing? How are they doing with their symptoms? What is. And and both both of them. So both of them I talked to this week and like, I guess they both for the most part recovered Um, and both sort of just kind of didn't get too, too into it, but like said that it was a really, really, really horrible cold, but they're now feeling better. And neither one thinks that they have this like long COVID thing that's that some people are getting. Yeah, the long term effects. It's so weird because I feel like I'm more anxious about them than they are. Like, I'm like, you you had COVID. Yeah. How are you? How are you okay with this? Like, how are you just existing in this reality? But I guess when you get it, it you know, you have no choice but to exist in that reality. But it really makes me nervous. I got to say. I was watching 12 Monkeys. And that's Oh, man, not, I saw that recently. That's not Oof. what you need to see. You don't need to see that movie. <laughs> yeah. Not in a pandemic because dear God, it makes you think one, oh, there was like a conspiracy to bring this to the world, which of course that is not how this happened. And two, that like there's someone inherently to blame, which again, not how this thing happened. Well, I think that that's part of like what I kind of thought was cool about 12 Monkeys throughout it because- Obviously, in some ways, it's very different. It's a very different film. Like, but the thing, the parts about it where they're talking about the pandemic, it felt really eerily like what we're living through and kind of accurate, but then not like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, but then it got me thinking like, because then I saw the numbers today and the numbers are, are higher than yesterday. Highest it's ever been in our, our little province here. And I was like, what happens if it doesn't stop? And then my mind goes woo, down the rabbit hole of, you know, we're living underground, which would also be so stupid because that's not where you want to live. Not yeah, that pandemic. wouldn't prevent you from getting any any viruses. Um, yeah, you're just going to get sicker. I mean, look, you know, this could be the beginning of the end. <laughs> I don't know. If we, right. this- I mean, I mean, I. I originally just wrote like, hey, are we ever going to see each other again? Now we're talking about the end of the world. Let's go to a game. How about we go play a game now? I meant it in a kind of like lighthearted way. It doesn't matter. You took us to the end of the world. These are some quarantine games. We're going to do a couple BuzzFeed trivias for you. I realized when we were doing our sporkle that it may not have been as exciting for you as. Yes, yeah, sorry guys, we were experimenting, and yeah, we'll an continue experiment. to experiment. But we've learned from our mistakes, and it will not be coming back. Yeah, so uh, we have two BuzzFeed trivia's this time around, and we're gonna start with here are the eighteen hottest American TV shows of all time. Do you know what channel they aired on? And the answer is not Netflix. So, we are going to try this first. Uh, Are we going to do this together, Ivana? Yeah, let's do it together. All right. So, the first question is, Friends. Did it air on Comedy Central? ABC? NBC. Fox? Or NBC? NBC. NBC. I think it must. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's correct. NBC. 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 All right. What's the second one? All right. Next one. Sex and the City. Did it air on HBO, Showtime, Fox, USA Network? That's on Crave, so I'm going to say HBO. Correct. Oh, but it could be Showtime as well. No, no, it's HBO. Uh, HBO. HBO. For sure. Boom. How do you not Correct. know this stuff? I don't know, man. Like, here's Gilmore Girls. I have no idea. We have oh, I PBS, know this one. Oh, maybe NBC, I should FX, be the- or the W. 
Oh, the W probably. The WB. That's correct. Yeah. Ah, perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. WB. Next up. You ready? I know this one. The Simpsons. Comedy Central. PBS Kids. The WB Fox. This one has always been Fox to me. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we're right. Absolutely. Boom. All right. Oh, come on. Game of Thrones. I mean, do we even need to read them out? We do not. It's HBO. TNT, (laughs) Showtime, or HBO. Definitely HBO. This is very easy. Oh, okay. Way easier than I expected. This one. I mean, everyone also knows this. Uh, Breaking Bad, FX, AMC, USA Network, NBC. Okay. Before we answer, though, like, I've only ever watched a show on Netflix. So I think it's the USA Network. I'm going to click that one. No, it's AMC. Oh, I am wrong. It's AMC. Boom. Am I wrong? No, you're right. AMC all day, every day. Not literally. Okay. Oh, well, we obviously know this one. But Buffy didn't start as the WB. It started as Fox. What? So the WB, FX, Oxygen, TNT, obviously it ended as the WB. It ended as CW, didn't it? UPN in the States. Wow. Okay. Well, I always thought it was the WB. Here's one that could actually stump us. The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Is it TLC, Bravo, E, or MTV? Bravo, I think, is Canadian, and I'm pretty sure it's TLC. Oh, I got it wrong. It is Bravo. Oh, wow. I have no idea. I thought that was a Canadian channel. I I thought so, too, actually. I thought we just had Bravo here (laughs) and took all the Showtime stuff to it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. The Good Place. Is it a Fox, NBC, A&E, or Comedy Central? Show. NBC. I think it's NBC. And booyah, high five. It's NBC, We got it. This is easy, though. Oh, actually, I don't know this one. How to Get Away with Murder. A&E, USA Network, NBC, ABC. You don't know? I'm guessing it's ABC. Yeah, I'm going to cheat off you uh, and go ABC. Yeah, we got it. We are right. Show originally aired on ABC. This I don't even think we need to read the no, we don't. The suggestions, The Sopranos. HBO, first that ever show that was like it. the big hit. Yeah, like that's the prestige show yeah. that started all of it. And it was obviously on HBO. Oh, here's one. I, I, I'm pretty confident I know the answer. Broad okay. City. Broad e, City. E, Comedy Central, NBC, MTV. It's either NBC or Comedy Central. I'm going to go Comedy Central. Comedy Central. Oh, yeah. Gossip Girl. Huh. Okay. Oh, it's CW. CW is... That is right. Woohoo! Grey's Anatomy. Is it NBC, ABC, TBS, or Showtime? Oh, shoot. I'm this not I'm actually genuinely certain. don't know. I'm I'm gonna say it's ABC. It just rings of an ABC, ABC show. NBC. ABC. Ah. Empire. Fox. Fox. VH1. BET or Oxygen. I think it's Fox. Me too. Go with Fox. Ran for six seasons on Fox. Oh Jesus! What is this? Riverdale? You don't know Riverdale? Oh, I do. I just didn't know to. When I, you know, sometimes when you see a word and you're like, it doesn't connect. I know it now. Riverdale. Uh, Lifetime, Bravo, ABC, or CW. This is a CW show, right? Obvi. Ah, yeah. Ooh. Pose is an FX, BET, TBS, or Logo show. I know the answer. Do you? I work for that station. So, yes. It's FX. It's FX. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, come on. Obviously, NBC. This is too easy, this BuzzFeed is people. Easy. Uh, but still, I, you know, I scored better than 61% of quiz takers 
but still only got 15 out of 18 right. Oh, how did I get 17 out of 18? Because I picked some different ones than you. We didn't uh. go off the same. I wanted to see if I could overtake you with my knowledge or my non-knowledge, and I didn't. <laughs> You're talking to the TV master, okay? That's very true. Very, All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to switch things over to film with our next BuzzFeed quiz for anyone playing along. You know what? Actually, I recommend for this week. Just listen, because I think it's going to be more fun this way. All right. So you're going to you're going to give it to me and I'll listen and I'll try to guess. Exactly. All right. So go for he, I am looking at a BuzzFeed quiz where it says, can you guess the movie bait, the movie that is based on these emojis? And then there's some emojis and then I'm going to have to describe them. Jay is not looking at them and he's going to have to guess the movie. And to make it a little bit more difficult, I'm not even going to give you the multiple choice unless you ask for a lifeline. All right, this is awesome because like you just took the TV category as our TV queen, but the movie king here gets the movie questions. This is perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, the first emoji is a blue genie-like figure coming oh, out of a lamp. Correct. I mean, I will, I'll, I'll let you finish next time, but blue genie, boom. What else could it be? <laughs> All right. Number two, we have a snowflake emoji beside a snowman emoji. I will take frozen for 200. That is correct. <laughs> Good one. Okay. Let's see if they get harder. You're right. The, these aren't the hardest I've ever heard of, but I think, you know, like that required a bit of thinking. <clears throat> I have a lion emoji as well as a crown emoji. Just that that's just the Lion King. We're just doing <laughs> Disney movies here. Apparently, yes. They did not say this at the top of the quiz. No, no. Um, it's also I'm not yeah. All right, we have a red car facing sideways emoji, red car facing forwards emoji, race car facing sideways emoji. Right, this is a very important question. Are they all red? Yes, they are. If it's still a Disney movie, then it's Cars. Yeah, it's Cars. All right. Because at first I was like, is it Fast and Furious? <laughs> Apparently this <laughs> quiz is all Disney. Um, we have an arm bicep, like showing off the bicep muscle kind of pose. So like strong strength here. Yes, yeah, strong arm emoji, and All then right. um, a bow and arrow emoji. So strong bow. Yeah. Jesus, with with an, just archery. Um, I this one that you could ask for the lifeline, and I could give you the multiple choice. I, can I just ask, is this another freaking Disney movie? Is it? It's going to be horrible, but I have absolutely no idea. I'm going <laughs> to guess it's Brave. Yes, it is. It is Brave. There terrible, was also terrible emojis for Artemis Fowl and Artemis. Fa and I wasn't sure if that might be it. So, yes. <laughs> Oh, right, right. Because you don't know. You got to guess. I got to guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, the next one is a mermaid emoji with red hair. Oh, what could this be? This is so Disney. This is the little mermaid all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we now have a... And actually, I think you should even try to interrupt me. How quickly can you guess the Disney movie? Um, no. We have a magnifying glass emoji, like a magnifying lens. Two eyes looking sideways, and then a clownfish. Finding Nemo. Yep. I had to wait for all of it because I originally thought, honey, I shrunk the kids. Oh, good. I'm glad that you waited. I think so far it's been all pretty uh, non-live action-y. It's all been animated, yeah. We have 
a red pump followed by a blonde princess. Oh, wow. Um, a red pump shoe. Yes. And a, and a blonde princess. Yeah, like a, a face of a f- blonde female and then crown on her head. Okay. Um, and it's red? Red. The Wizard of Oz? No. Would you like to know the multiple choice? Oh, what else has ruby slippers? Legally blonde? Uh, no, you remember that it's Disney and animated. Oh, right, 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 right. right, right. <laughs> um, we are going way off the field. All right, field. all right. You, no, 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 hold on. I forgot it was emojis. Um, it's Cinderella because they didn't have another shoe. Yeah, that's exactly it. That uh-huh. is exactly it. All right. We have a <laughs> I'm getting boat. too hung up on the, uh, on the colors. <laughs> on the colors. We have a boat with uh, a colorful striped sails. We have uh, waves and an erupting volcano. Moana. Yeah, you got it. I mean, and they you could got- give us some more like non-Disney animated stuff so that I like, completely it was a agree. Harder. You got eight of out of nine. Um, and you got better than 14% of quiz takers. So most people, the majority of people probably get nine out of nine. I guess so. Because <laughs> it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you got into your, you got in your head with the slipper color like that. It's, you know, I just for a moment thought if it's red, it's got to be, it's a, if it's a red shoe, it's Wizard of Oz. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I yeah. get it. I understand. I w- totally understand where you're coming from with the thinking. But then you said princess, and I'm like, Dorothy wasn't a princess. And then I was like, yeah, yeah. I should have just been like, oh, yeah, animated movies. Or not animated, depending on how you uh, how you see these movies. Maybe The Lion King is, you know, live action animation. And the, uh, the Aladdin you know is Will Smith. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's Film Freaks. Chatter for the film fan and all of us. For this episode, we round out the Bill and Ted trilogy with their most recent release, Face the Music. The story starts with a quick recap, and then we find out that at the end of Bill and Ted's bogus journey, people dug their music, but it didn't unite the world. And the duo have been working on the song that will ever since. Rufus being dead... Uh, the future beings are becoming a little testy about the not bringing the song to the universe that unites it. Uh, and so they send Rufus's daughter, Kelly, back to light a fire under their tushies. It's some fire. It turns out if they don't write the song, all time and space will break apart, destroying all of reality. And they have to do it by tonight at 7.17 p.m. So get on it, gentlemen. But they decide instead to go see their future selves to steal the song that will then save the universe. Something we should mention is that Bill and Ted's daughters also witness the future coming for their dads and they want help. So they decide they're going to go back throughout history and find the most awesomest musicians ever. Yeah. And they're going for Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, Mozart, some badass prehistoric drummer lady It's pretty great. And there's also these side stories of Bill and Ted visiting their different future selves, all from different stages. Oh, and also there's a killer robot named Dennis who is sent to kill Bill and Ted because like maybe the prophecy isn't true and you need the two dead instead. But Dennis is the worst Terminator ever and he kills everyone, including Bill and Ted and himself and sends them all to hell. But it gives the band time to reunite and meet up with the Grim Reaper. Death is pretty pissed. They're breaking the restraining orders he sent out against them. But the two girls, Billy and Thea, talked him into it. Oh, and we completely forgot. On top of a killer robot, future Bill and Ted's and their daughters time traveling for talent, the princesses are also going around the universe to find a timeline where they can be happy because right now they're not happy with their relationships with the dudes. Yeah, that's 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 a thing, too. Um. Oh, 
But you know, there's some music at the end, and the world is saved. So, Ivana, face the music. Yay. You didn't like it? No, no, I, I did not like this movie. I, uh, I, I don't like this movie. I, 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 I think I like it more than Bogus Journey, but I certainly do not like it like Excellent Adventure. I think it is the best of the three movies. I think it's like a veritable masterpiece. And I think that it is the best that it could be like, like for what Bill and Ted's uh, like could be, it's the best of itself. Like I hate Dennis as a robot. I love Dennis as a robot. Dennis is like more annoying station. No, Dennis is like the like just so funny and such like an unexpected little foil. Like at first he's all Terminator like, but then he keeps screwing up. And the guy who is Dennis, he's also in TV show with the contract killing on HBO with Bill Hader. Yeah, Barry. He's also in Barry and he's really good. And I just think that he controls his face really well so you know you have this like terminator like character who's not making any emotion whatsoever then he kills someone and then he realizes oops i was not supposed to kill that person and then he the actor has this like ability to control his face so like it's almost like a wave of emotion coming off of him which makes like to me that's a very robotic choice in how to emote and he's like super annoying and everybody hates him and everyone knows that person who's annoying and everyone hates I mean he's like he's such a dentist you know what I mean like what a typical dentist might be I I didn't lo- I think Dennis is annoying I don't like the the choice of the way the robot looks. I think the costume looks cheap. I think yeah, but like, we get no time with Bill the Bill and Reaper, Ted's Excellent the, Adventure. The future looks cheap. 100%. But that's like 80s, the best they could have done. Now no, they could have done more. Like, I don't think so. Like it's, it's like a crystal world in the, in the original one. And they're, it's the 80s. There's something different about the effects. The effects in this one look really, really hard on the budget. Uh, I, I definitely do not like any timelines, future timelines with Ted, Bill and Ted. I loved the daughters. The I daughters, the daughters saved the were world. my favorite thing. I love that they saved the world. They were the ones who wrote the song. It was not their parents, which totally makes sense. Yeah. Like, can I just like, just, just especially with the daughters, I just need to say, that like that's what I mean by this movie is the most excellent version of itself because like the first two movies you have Bill and Ted who are very nice and kind but they're basically they're, they don't really practice they don't know how to play instruments they just kind of want to be rock stars but they're not musicians not really and and on top of it they're idiots who have no plan and um and so the the realization in this third movie that oh yeah no they they're idiots but they just happen to make like these two babies who are actually musical geniuses because from the minute you meet them unlike their dads they're totally smart and they're the most smart about music that anyone could ever be absolutely and not to mention their time traveling adventure reminds me of excellent adventure it reminds me of the the best part of the whole trilogy, which was going back in time and seeing famous people. That's the best part of this whole thing. And yes. And have the girls doing that in this with Jimi Hendrix, but Jimi Hendrix doesn't believe them. So they go back to get Louis Armstrong and then bring Louis Armstrong back to the, the, the past that is his future to meet Jimi Hendrix. Like those parts, so incredibly charming. So charming. That was the part I liked. I hated that Bill and Ted in the future are so beyond different now because they're so broken, which makes no effing sense to me at all because 
their daughters did it. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the look. So it's because of the fact that there are different potential future outcomes. Right. And so like the Bill and Ted in their present were making the stupid decisions that they had been making even in the two previous films. Like the two previous films, they were being led along mostly by Rufus into stumbling into like like succeeding at the end. They're not really active fully in their own winning in the film. I mean, they kind of always are at the end, but never really in the beginning. Like when they're going back in time and excellent with in excellent adventure, they're just kind of collecting. Oh yeah. They're not doing any work for their project at all. Yeah. That's what I mean. And like when in bogus journey, I mean, they do have to, you know, go through the underworld and heaven and all this stuff. But like, first of all, I don't care about that. And second of all, they're not like really they're not practicing they're like when you open the film they're not really any closer to deserving to win the big contest and nothing they do in the film teaches them anything that allows them to really truly be good artists um where like it's different with the daughters and i that's what i like and that's also what i don't mind about the future ted's i thought it was kind of like Each vignette was silly and funny and didn't fully make sense. Um, Although, I don't know if you noted, but like Keanu Reeves as Ted wasn't as smiley as he used to be. And I feel like that was like... both of them feel beaten down. (laughs) Like they just feel like not themselves at all playing these characters. And then you send them back to hell. They meet up with the Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper doesn't feel the same and he's totally there for nostalgia. Kim, Kid Cudi is in this movie as like this waxing philosopher who knows all about the metaphysical space of, of time and reality. And then says station for total nostalgia purpose and nothing else. And I just, I was like, kept getting irritated by all these things. I never was irritated by the daughters. I will say that. Like, I think they're incredible. Both actresses were amazing. And I loved I think I liked who plays Billy. Uh, her name is Bridget Lundy Payne. And I, y- you would probably know her from a Netflix show called Atypical, I think. It, it was okay, her okay. brother I, in it is uh, autistic. I loved her as Billy. I thought she was awesome. Uh, yeah, she stole Samara the show. Weaving Weaver is always Weaving Weaver. I'm, weaving. I don't know what I'm saying. Weaving is always amazing. Um, but I think I liked Billy a little bit more. Um, Me too. Out of the two. And maybe that's just because like it's Ted's daughter and that's awesome. Um, but I, I, I liked their storyline. I, I hated that they threw in this like the princesses are going to leave you bullshit. And I'm like, what? They have stuck it out in this alternate universe of hellscapes. Again and again. Why would the they thing, leave though, now? Jay, like I don't understand how you're hung first, how you're hung up on future Bill and Ted or the different um, like futures for the girls, because the girls were never going to meet like leave Bill and Ted and the future Ted and Bill, like Bill and Ted that Bill and Ted meet are not ever the real Bill and Ted future people because it's like Bill and Ted of the present are on a current journey and with making stupid decisions, just like they did in the first two movies, they would have turned into future Bill and Ted. But because they had their daughters and because their daughters are awesome and are actually working to solve the problem at hand, they never came into becoming that kind of like downtrodden Bill and Ted. That future is like prevented because of their daughters and their daughters were always going to write the song, but they needed to write the song at the moment that they wrote it. Of course, because they had to have every single person participate. So right. nobody would know actually what the song was, which was genius. Like genius. That, that like and like that, genius. like just tied it all up in a perfect bow. The fact that you have like and the fact is like Bill and Ted. So like. The Bill and Ted of the past have a future Bill and Ted that they will never meet. But 
the Bill and Ted of the past are going to meet that future Bill and Ted if nothing changes in their life, which something will change, but past Bill and Ted cannot know that. Yeah, because like that hasn't that happened yet. Moment, so like that's the that time exact warp. moment, that's their future. But exactly. that's because the girls haven't done what they're going to do exactly. to change all of that. Which so is it fine, all, it actually makes sense to like this mind-bogglingly perfect degree. Which is fine, but I mean, you didn't have anything for the princesses to do, so I get it, sort of. And Bill and Ted going to see like their, their future selves in jail and uh, crashing at Dave Grohl's and all that stuff was just like filler of, I actually just really want to know what the girls are up to right now. Like, I don't give a shit Bill and Ted. Like you don't feel to me like the same Bill and Ted. And I'm not enjoying what journey you're on. I want to see the girls. So I guess that held me back from enjoying it at a level that you did because I did not care about Bill and Ted in a movie called Bill and Ted. So for me, I had a very different reaction. Um, and maybe it's because of the pandemic. I really, you know, it's funny. The movie finished. I actually put it right back on again uh, and then wrote three pages of notes about this film uh, while it played again. And then I like wrote as it played a second time. So I've seen the movie twice already. Like I oh, cannot wow. overstate how much I like this movie. <laughs> um, but so I felt like one of the things that made me like it the most is that Bill and Ted are very different and they're very like downtrodden and they feel like they've just been trying so hard for so long and they're still not seeing any results, but they can't give up but they want to give up, but they can't give up. And maybe it's because this pandemic has been raging for a really long time. Maybe it's because case counts are going up everywhere globally and things are just like dark right now. I really felt like I could identify with them. And I kind of like, I'm like, yeah, you know, like maybe, you know, when you turn like 50 something, that's what the world feels like a little bit. And it's beautiful that they were able to bring up these two daughters who haven't been like pressed down by what the world could do to them in the future. I don't know. Like I thought this was a perfect handing off of everything. And I thought that it fixed a lot of holes. Like I just want to say this cause we haven't talked about it yet, but for a movie about two dudes who are going to save the world with an epic song, the fact that it took till the third movie for us to think about visiting historical musical figures is pretty astounding. I agree with that. This movie got that right. And I love the people that they picked and the flautist, like the Asian flautist, like it's yeah. not perfect. They didn't have many figures that they could pick, but I like that they tried to pick a, an assortment of historical figures we knew historical figures we maybe didn't know and people who maybe well one person who maybe the western world doesn't know about and and i'll say that as much as i'm like crapping on the bill and ted and princess part of this movie um again at the end of the film just like the other two i was rooting for them i was happy i, I was digging the music that they were putting out there and I was, I was like cheering them on. Like even at the end of what I felt like was quite a slog of like, I really just didn't care about anything that was going on with Bill and Ted and they're, they're the majority of the runtime, but, Are but they? The I end, felt like they, they I were like pretty evenly paced with the daughters. Yeah, I, I guess they, yeah, they probably were like 60, 40. You're probably right. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, I think maybe 60-40 is yeah. accurate. Maybe even like 55-45. Like it was, I think the, the filmmakers knew and also Bill and Ted, like Keanu and Alex knew that really this is not their movie and that's also the, the misconnect. And that's the thing is like it was never them all along. So one of the things that we talked about in our last episode about Bogus Journey is that at the end of the film... 
uh, they present their children on their backs. And I I, I misspoke. I thought he says, meet our sons. I actually went back to Bogus Journey. They do not say that. They just say, this is little Bill and this is little Ted, which fine. Like that's cool. And they even address it at the beginning of the film at the weird they wedding. They totally do. Uh, I love the weird say, wedding. Oh, they used to call us little Bill and little Ted. And, and I was also, like, by the way, Great. Missy's like third marriage. LOL. Is it third? It could be like fifth. Who knows? She's, I, I was expecting her to like see the caveman at that one point. Uh, oh, and that's the other part that's going on. Um, so the timelines are breaking down on themselves and merging into themselves. So like cavemen are all of a sudden showing up in modern day Sam D- San Dimas. And like people are just getting like popped to other parts. Like Jesus gets popped to another part in time. And then at the end he gets popped back to the last supper and he's playing, uh, playing some cowbell. And um, because that's the other piece of this, the song has to be, played by every single person on the planet. So they build. uh, So the way it works is Bill and Ted create infinite versions of themselves so that everybody in the span of a couple seconds can have instruments. Yeah. They use infinite versions of themselves to give an infinite amount of instruments to an infinite amount of universes and an infinite amount of people in those infinite amount of universes. So they do that and everybody plays along to the song uh, or just plays along wherever they are. And because I don't think everybody can hear the music that's happening on this highway. Um, and then boom. No, it's on a nexus point, right? So it like can um, globally like. Oh, right, right. Because it's that MP 63 yeah, th- or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everybody in the world, because it's all converging on themselves, everybody hears the same thing. And, of course, the future gets fixed. And Rufus would be so proud of his daughter, Kelly. And then um, the movie ends. The movie ends with the world has been saved. The princesses stay with Bill and Ted because this is the, the happiest timeline now, even though, like, they were just in therapy. And okay, yeah, but also, did you notice that when they like also learned their lesson when they said, I love you to each princess, and the princess says, We love you, that was really cute. They learned their lesson, they didn't even have to be told. They are a shining example of true love. I cannot understand how you don't love this movie so much. I think it's like a cult classic, just like immediately. The original is a cult classic, in fact, I okay. I've already talked about this once. This is so much better than the original. The original made it into my top 100 of all time. I just like, I can't understand this is better. It's so good. I don't think it is. I, 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 I really don't <laughs> think it is. I did not enjoy this film. It felt so weird to me. All I wanted was like, give me a sequel with just the girls. And I'll, I, I'm sure I love it. Uh, but I don't, I'm done with my time with Bill and Ted. And oh God, that original therapy session where they're all in there and they keep on saying we was not funny. I didn't like that at all. I literally laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. It was stupid and silly and I liked it. It was That's the I, other part. I don't think I laughed at all. You didn't laugh at all? At I thought all. it was like the funniest of all the movies. No. No. Not for me. Look, look. Can please, please, audience people, if you <laughs> liked or hated Bill and Ted, I can you let us know? Because th- I don't think we've ever had such a different reaction to a movie. I want to just talk really quick. Like, OK, so let's just quickly talk about the the uh, reaction to to fans. So, like, it is audience score, 72 percent. So that's great so for a movie. This is a 72% movie. movie. Yeah, yes. 2,200 people dig the movie. Uh, critics, 82% dig the movie. Uh, you know, gave it a favorable over 60. So now let's go to Letterboxd. Just, 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 like, let's just take a, a, a gander at what people are saying on Letterboxd. Because um, it's not Rotten Tomatoes. And I, you know, we both 
trust Letterboxd quite a bit. Yeah, no, Letterboxd is a good a good community. All right, so the average score averages out to 3.3 on Letterboxd. And I would say that's fair. So honestly, I think it's a four. But, like, I get it. Like, four. I know that... This is a four-star movie. What do you mean? <laughs> this is a four. No. I think it's... I think... I don't think that this movie could be a better version of itself. It's not an Oscar-winning film. Like, I'm not saying that it is. It's not meant to be, and it's not trying to be. And the Kelly storyline, I just want to say, like, I don't think it's that perfect. The entire Kelly storyline was bullshit and... When she would like come back to regular time and then just like be like, oh no, and watch time collapse on itself. I'm like, you're not doing anything to help. Um, <laughs> but- yeah, the only thing Kelly did to help was give the girls the time machine. Exactly. That's it. And anyway, so back, like I will admit that was like a huge mistake on the part of this movie. What it did do well, it didn't have a bad guy. It didn't have like, like it had the heart of the original movie. It fixes a lot of like Dennis the plot the holes guy. of the past. Dennis and is the bad guy. No, no. Dennis is part of the team. Dennis is the worst. He's the weakest link. He's got to go. I like... I get it. You know, Dennis seems like he could very much be controversial. And I do see how that could happen. I just loved watching how annoying he was and Dennis, how nobody liked him. Dennis nobody is liked this movie him. Station. I think he's so much better than Station. I love Dennis. Oh my God. I can't watching believe we're Dennis so... be like, I want to do something. Can I play a triangle? Blah, blah, blah. To the Grim Reaper. I was like, for God's sakes, I will take Station right now. Look, I'm just going to say it this way, I guess. Do you think that anyone else realistically could have made a better Bill and Dead face the music? Yeah. Because, like, I think that this, like, was the perfect, like, third movie to and final movie, hopefully, to the series. I think Um, that this is a terrible trilogy. (laughs) I think it's, like... (laughs) Perfectly finished with this third one. Okay, please, everyone, reach out to us. Let us know what you think. I really want to hear what other people think. And that's our show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop onto your podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, why not score a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com, and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we built a website, and you can reach us at morethemovies.net. But in case you hate websites, we also have an email. Hello at morethemovies.net. Find us on Facebook more than movies podcast or catch us on twitter i'm at it's ivana i'm at jester j thanks again for spending some time with us and we'll be back again soon with an all-new commercial free episode and until next time friends do more and watch more